Good afternoon, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Ask Sharifa. We are having some fun today. We are learning from our guests. We are sharing comments and just sharing a lot of love. Today's guest is going to give us a lot of information on the how of how to do what she does. But before I bring in our guest, I'm going to go ahead and do what I always ask you to do. And that's to go ahead and share this interview, share this video, because we are live right now now. And you know what? Friends don't let friends miss out on Ask Sharifa. So get your questions ready, get your comments ready, because our guest, Miss Lynette Smith, is going to answer a lot of our questions. Good afternoon, Lynette. How are you? I'm just fine, Sharifa. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you for asking. And I'm taking a look at your information, and you are a professional copy editor. Is that correct? That's right. I work with book manuscripts and book layouts. I copy edit the manuscripts and check the layout when the graphic designer has done their thing for the book layout. That sounds like a very interesting job. It also seems as you have to be very detail oriented to be able to do a job such as yours. Did I not tell you that was my middle name, detail oriented? <laughs> but I, well, love it. I love it great variety of work comes through, you know, over my transom. And it's fun. I keep thinking, and they're paying me for this? <laughs> they are. They are. I wouldn't be able to do it. I'm not that detail-oriented. So how does one become a copy editor? Well, you want to be detail-oriented. You want to have gotten reasonably good grades in English and go from there. Uh, just do some practice, use Microsoft Word's track changes feature, and uh, later on, if you have Adobe Acrobat, that's how you do the proofreading of the layouts. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it just takes a knack. You know, the, the copy editing is taking care of spelling, grammar, punctuation, clarity, usage, and flow. So you want to have a knack for catching those types of errors. And if you don't have the knack, maybe you should be the writer instead of the editor. <laughs> I, I know, again, it takes some skill. But when you were in high school and when you were growing up, did you think you were going to become a copy editor? Or how did you wind up in this field as a career? That's funny. I thought I was going to be an artist. Then I thought I was going to be a commercial artist. And then I thought I was going to be a fashion designer. And then somehow I ended up in the secretarial career for nine years and in the course of that realized that I really had a love of words and uh, heck I, I ran a uh, business support service for 16 years mm -hmm. uh, from 1980 to 1996 it, and then I spent five years running a trade association and managing all their publications including their monthly 16-page journal and then from there I started the new business of copy editing and proofreading and I just, this month, I'm celebrating 15 years doing that. That's all my best, as in allmybest.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. And I am so happy to hear about all your best, or all the best, or all my best. All my best. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, we talked about you being a copy editor. But you didn't just decide to do it for yourself. Your goal, and I love people of service. That's why I like having certain type of people on my website. You help other people. You published a book on what you do. Can you tell us a little bit about your book, please, Lynette? Yes, but I would like to clarify that I've 
published six books and the first one was not so much about copy editing. Mm -hmm. That was about writing heartfelt letters of appreciation. Okay. However, about two, three years ago, I published a different book and it's really more of a little handbook with the world's longest, most boring title. 80 common layout errors to flag when proofreading book interiors. <laughs> but that's a nice little handbook for people who don't have a clue what to do. If they've written a book, the graphic designers come back with the layout and said to them, all right, are we ready to publish? And they're going, uh, uh, what do I do at this point to decide yes or no? Well, the point is you check layout. And then, of course, you reread your book layout, your book, and you do all that before you approve it to be published. So that's a little tips uh, handbook on that subject. However, the book I wrote in 2012 is the one that ties into my life's purpose. That's how to write heartfelt letters to treasure for special occasions and occasions made special. It's got kind of a neat backstory as to why I wrote that. Would you like a little quick version of it? Absolutely. Yeah, well, in 2008, uh, November, my son got married. And at the wedding rehearsal dinner, he and his bride-to-be each brought out a framed letter of appreciation that, he, that they were presenting to their parents. And so they had two different letters. They had their best man and maid of honor do those, uh, read them aloud. And there wasn't a dry eye in the house. It talked about, in my son's case, what it was like growing up, the traits he most admired about his dad and then about me, and then the values he had learned that he planned to bring to his marriage. And then he said, thank you, and he signed it. And this was just, uh, uh, uh really meant so much and it's in a place of honor in our home today and after a while i got to thinking you know i wish more people would think about that that was really moving and it's going to be a lasting gift it's not just a text it's not just an email it's something i can look at and i can tell you every time i read it it still moves me every bit as much as it did the first time so there's a that lasting effect and i think someday when i'm dead and gone my husband's dead and gone He's going to get that letter back. He's going to give it to his daughters and they're going to save it. And it'll be saved through generations to show what their ancestor was like. So that was kind of a life's purpose there. I decided to go ahead and write a book about all types of letters of appreciation. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. That warmed my heart. It just made, that's a very tender moment. But one, let me just ask you this. One of the things that you mentioned is that you wrote this particular book in 2012, right. here in 2019, and even back then in 2012, people moved away from writing letters or, or anything short of, like I said, a text or an email. What has been your response to the book as far as people, you know, are they now incur more encouraged to write letters? They are, and I conduct workshops as well for groups of eight to 20 people, and they're very excited when they come to these workshops about being able to write a special letter for a certain person in their lives mm -hmm. and to have a clue as to how to approach that because they understand at this point, and of course I've explained it to them, why it's got that lasting value. And let's look at texts. They're fleeting. They're momentary. They're gone. You know, as soon as you click, it's gone. 
no one's going to remember it in a year. An email, you might think you're going to save it forever and ever, and you might print it out, and that would be wise, by the way, just in case, because computers crash, emails get buried. So emails, for the most part, are hard to save, you know. And do you see that happening to your great-great-grandson, you know, seeing an email from how many generations? Not likely. So, so you want to get something in a more tangible tangible form, and that's where the letter of appreciation comes in. And by the way, I'm not saying you can't type it. You can type it as long as you hand sign it. Okay. Uh, that's okay. Handwritten is fine if that's what warms your heart. Typewritten is okay as long as you hand sign it. And, you know, always keep in mind the person who's going to be receiving this too. If they, if they have a vision problem, use big print. If it's going to be framed, make sure you only write enough to fit on one page within the frame. If, uh, if it's not going to be framed and you're going to do it in some other way, you can, you know, have multiple pages and so on. So think ahead of time how much territory you want to cover. Wow, I think that's an excellent answer. And again, we are speaking with Mrs. Lynette M. Smith. We're talking not only about copy editing, we're talking about heartfelt letters. If you are watching the show live, because I am live right now with Lynette. So if you have any questions, feel free to ask your questions in the comments and I'll pass along the word. If you have any thoughts, feelings on writing heartfelt letters, please comment and I'll go ahead and pass that message along to our guests. And again, remember to go ahead and share this video. So what I'm gonna do, because we are definitely filling up, we have quite a few people in the chat room, gonna say hello to Brenda, Vicki, Cecilia, Cynthia, Melvin, Helen, Manuel, Joyce, Francis, Lillian. So again, everyone, please go ahead and share this video because our guests are here to assist you, to bring you information that you want to know. So. Lynette, let me just ask you my question. I love asking questions. So if ever anyone doesn't have one, I am full of questions. I love the idea of writing the heartfelt, warm, loving letter at a wedding. I think when we're when some, two people are getting married, we think of all these wonderful, loving, lasting. I think more than anything, one of the keys that you said was lasting, you know, something that you can pass on for generations. But usually aside from maybe a wedding or maybe it's someone's 50th birthday, you know, maybe it's a 75th wedding anniversary, we think about those things. Can you give us some other examples that may not be that profound where, where we can write those letters? Regular birthdays work, especially if somebody is getting older. Mm -hmm. and, and if they're getting very old, you know, sometimes people are in hospice. They know they're going to die pretty soon. Wouldn't it be nice not to have regrets? Oh, I should have told her how much I loved her. Well, there's an opportunity here. And you can write a letter, and if you can see the person in person, you can read that letter to them and make it a very beautiful moment to let them know what a difference they've made in your life or in the lives of others. You know, there are some more public figures who, for example, have done major charity events or works, so or they've always been active in a, in a particular cause where they've affected a lot of other people's lives in a positive way. And you can acknowledge them for that because it's important to be acknowledged. Some people go through life giving and giving and never recognizing that somebody who received that wonderful effort on their part was grateful for it. 
And again, it might have been in a text, it might have been in an email, but it didn't get here to stay. And if you give them evidence, a real letter, they can read that letter over and over again, just like I read the letter from our son. And they keep feeling good and they keep feeling acknowledged and they know they've made a difference. And if it's someone in hospice or near the end of their life otherwise, that is so important. Everybody wants to know they've made a difference. Oh. So, yeah, hospice is another important time to do that. But also you can even write to new parents about the experience of parenthood. Um, you can write to your favorite aunt just because you've always loved her so much and what you've always admired about her. You don't need a particular occasion. But I would like to sneak in here real quick the five elements that go into one of these letters because it's easier than you think. Okay. All right. You start out with describing a shared memory that you both treasure. Something to bring you together and get yourselves on the same page, so to speak. Remember when we da-da-da-da-da and how funny that was when so-and-so came around the corner and caught us at it, <laughs> Something like that. Next paragraph, talk about the positive qualities that person has that you so admire. And of course, you may have 15 or 20 of them, but just pick about three. I'd like to interject at this point, one of the benefits of this book is these lists of positive words to describe someone special. I like that. You're a little bit stuck. And let's say you're writing to a middle-aged woman. Well, there are 72 words here that you can look at that list and go, oh, she's this, she's this, she's this. Okay, I'm going to write about these three things. So it gets you prompted on what you want to write about. So again, that, that second part of the letter is just talking about their positive traits that you admire. The third part of the letter, just another paragraph if it's a short letter, is what difference that person has made in your life or in the lives of others. And all you do after that is say thank you and then sign it. Thank you in whatever way you feel, but that's it. So it's a shared treasured memory, the positive traits, the way how that person has made a difference in your life for the lives of others, and you thank them and then you sign it. Those are five elements. Okay, so after you have the five elements, do you recommend any type of framing or anything of that nature or is it just enough to, to give it to them? It depends, and you should think this through before you start writing. If it's going to be a framed letter, then what you write has to fit in there and still be readable. You might go shopping for the frame first and the map board that goes in it. Then you know what your margins need to be if you're setting up a letter. Um, if you're going to put it in a certificate holder, because that's another neat way to be able to display a letter, and it's very convenient if you want to mail it in a 10 by 16 envelope afterwards too then you've got, you can leave a little wider margins or, you know, narrower margins, write more, fit more on a page if you're going to do that. So these things are good to plan ahead of time. Or maybe you're just going to put it in an envelope flat would be nicest if you have to mail it. But also even in person, you can bring it out of the envelope, but then you can give them the envelope to store the letter in for future. So that's a nice little thing. And if you've got a multi-page letter, that works well for that option. So Use nice stationery the best you can. Uh, I like to use a white linen, something that can still be run through the printer since I like to type my letters. Uh, 
and it's nice. It'll fit on anybody's wall and not, not clash. <laughs> so yeah. that's not a problem. Um, yeah, just plan ahead. And then you also, in your planning, want to talk about how you're going to present this letter. Do you have to mail it? Are you going to see the person in person? Is this going to be over a ladies' lunch? Is this going to be what, what, or is it going to be at the bedside in a hospital? All of these things, plan it to make that moment as special as you can. Sometimes, I think when we want to write a letter, it, it may be during times when there have been maybe some distance you haven't spoken to someone. Maybe there have been some angry words. Maybe there, you know, some confusion or family drama. Do you recommend writing a heartfelt letter during these times as well? The last paragraph, or last paragraph, the last chapter of my book is called Mending a Torn Relationship. So absolutely, I recommend writing a letter in those circumstances. Now understand, you don't have any guarantees that things are going to be mended. But if you have done everything within your power to mend that relationship, to admit fault, to say, if the person knows they've done something and they're ashamed of it and they don't want to talk to you about it, grant forgiveness. But if they're not sure it was their fault, then don't say, I forgive you, because that just gets drama going. But I would recommend this. When you're writing a letter like that, when there's been anger or frustration or lack of forgiveness, it's not a good letter to present in person because they may slam the door on you. Right. So you put that one in the mail and you mail it to them. Okay. Now we, we learned about the letter. I'm someone who I just recently in the last two weeks released my second book and it's signs you might be an entrepreneur, how to discover the entrepreneur in you. And I may have needed your first book or one of your other books when going through my process. So you said there were 50. Can we see that other book again, please? Sure. 80 common layout errors to flag. What are, I just wanted to know, like, what are, I didn't even know there would be 80, obviously, but what I didn't are either when I started this list? <laughs> like, holy moly, really? <laughs> I mean, categories, okay, just categories of errors. Uh, page margins can be a problem. Headings and subheadings may be inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Body text may be inconsistent. Maybe they changed fonts in the middle. Oops, you know, watch for those. Did they treat block quotations inconsistently, inconsistently and so on? If they divided a word at the end of the line, did they take care not to do that on the first or the last line of the page? Okay. Uh, we don't want to do that. Uh, if you have figures, did, were the figure captions correct? Uh, did you have any accidental blank pages or were they intentional? Uh, what about the headers and footers that repeat on every page? Are they properly positioned and do they say the right thing? Are the page numbers right in the table of contents? These little things can go wrong, you know, and that's, that's just a quick overview. Mm -hmm. So within each of those categories are several things that you want to watch for. I think it's good to read that little thing and then look at your layout. Mm -hmm. Do you recommend, some people decide to edit their books themselves, but even if you're, you have the ability to write, even if you have the ability to edit, do, you know, people always say four eyes are better than two. It's true. Do you recommend, you know, hiring a professional copy editor to go over your book, even if you decide to self-publish? Yes, because it's going to make you more professional in the eyes of your readers. Mm -hmm. They say too many errors, they're going to you've lost credibility. It's just as simple as that. And they're not going to admire you. 
and they're not going to be a fan of your future work or your speaking engagements or whatever because they're going to think that person isn't even careful about these details right so you want to maintain your reputation and, and yes i was capable of writing how to write heartfelt letters to treasure Mm -hmm. But I hired a copy editor when I was finished because of exactly what you said. In my case, it would be um, six eyes are better than, <laughs> than four. <laughs> but I, I paid a good person. And honestly, I was glad I did because she not only took care of the spelling, grammar, and punctuation issues, but as she saw the tips, she, she put herself in the mind of the reader and she thought of a few more things I might want to add and write about. And that was just wonderful. Now that, that's going on to the border of developmental editing. Right. Uh, and I don't quite go that far when I do that for other people, but I do let them know if things weren't clear or, or it seemed like it didn't make sense. Some, some kind of a fact was skipped or, God forbid, here's another paragraph, three paragraph, three chapters later, that's the same as this paragraph I'm reading now. Mm -hmm. the, the author's too close to that to see it. Okay. So you need the outside set of eyes. Oh, that is wonderful. Where are people able to obtain your books? You can get them on Amazon. Mm -hmm. You can also get them if you want a signed copy from my website, which is not the allmybest.com. That's the copy editing and proofreading. Okay. Website for for heartfelt letters is goodwaystowrite.com. So letter by letter, G-O-O-D-W-A-Y-S-T-O-W-R-I-T-E.com. And the, uh, the 80 Common Layout Errors book is also available on that website. So that's basically my publishing website. Well, you have, oh, that, that answered my question. That I was about to ask because you have goodwaystowrite.com. And so I was going to say, what are some of the other good ways to write aside from just writing letters? And you said that's your publishing company. So if anyone is interested in publishing, is that something that you will be able to assist them with? Well, this is um, self-publishing. This is my publishing website to market the books that I've written, not to okay. market the books other people have written. And okay. I'm not a publishing coach. Okay. So, but I know publishing coaches, so if someone needs guidance from start to finish, that's great. Where okay. they would involve me is when they have their best effort at a final draft. Mm -hmm. Then I step in as a copy editor, then we do that, and then they take it to a graphic designer for the book layout. Mm -hmm. And when that's finished, then they call me again, if they want to, for proof reading, meaning reading the proof. And the proof copy is the PDF layout. So those are the two capacities in which I can help. Well, that is wonderful. Now, Lynette, we are coming down to the last few minutes of the show. And what I like to do is allow my guests the opportunity to just speak directly to our viewers, people watching the show live, and just let them know what you want them to take away from your interview. Have the attitude of gratitude and deliver the letter, the sooner the better. <laughs> used to do that when I was a kid with the four D's. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Words of wisdom. And again, where can our viewers find you? For heartfelt letters, that's goodwaystowrite.com. Mm -hmm. For copy editing and proofreading, that's allmybest.com. 
onmybest.com, goodwaystowrite.com. You have heard it here. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to this episode. And I definitely want to thank you, Lynette, for being today's guest. It's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Sharifa. You are so welcome. And to anyone and everyone who's interested in watching all of our interviews, to see more interviews, or even to be a guest, visit my website at AskSharifa.com. Until then, everyone have a wonderful day. When you're looking to buy or rent a property, you need FireballApproves.com. They protect you against renter fraud and much more. Give us a call today at 904-580-6740 before you shop. If Fireball approves it, then you can rest assured that it's a safe deal. Why go anyplace else? With over 20 years of experience, you bet we've got your back. That's FireballApproves.com. Don't get scammed. Make sure Fireball approves. Agency number A180. 00175. If you want to take your business to the next level, then you need InTheNewsPR.com. It's the perfect PR agency that can increase your business exposure along with your media interest through thoughtful storytelling and strategic media campaigns. That's InTheNewsPR.com. Give us a call at 562-822-0965 and see how we can get your company in the news. From marketing and social media to public relations and interviews, we've got it covered. That's InTheNewsPR.com. Make sure everyone knows your business.